Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. saw that coming, right? If you did, man, can you tell me about some stocks? This has been such an unbelievably long layoff. It has been such an unexpected turn of events. Obviously, the backdrop of all this is awful. I'm not going to deny that for half a second, but anything that we need now is hockey. We need this distraction. I need this distraction. I think you need this distraction too, but I know that I need this distraction So that is what we're going to do this morning. We are going to distract you. We're going to look at this first game, or games, I should say, against Arizona. We're going to get into some of your takes from social media. We're going to get into some sound. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. But before we move forward, let's take a look back at what happened last year. I'm going to give you my synopsis, okay? And you can say, Ted, you're looking at this through teal-colored glasses, and maybe I am. But I'm sorry, I'm close to this team, you're close to this team, and I feel like I have a pretty good idea about what they're capable of. Last year, it was a worst-case scenario at every possible turn. I remember showing up to the first day of training camp last year because I did an interview with Pete DeBoer, and I think I also talked with Logan Couture. And listen, everybody was in a good mood, everybody was excited and ready to go, but you could definitely feel that hangover feeling from having come so close once again, only to be derailed by injuries in the postseason. And I'll stick with that. In 2019, if the Sharks had stayed healthy, I think they would have advanced to the Stanley Cup final, and I think there's a good chance they could have won it. But ifs and buts, et cetera, et cetera, that's not reality. Eric Carlson was hurt. Joe Pavelski was hurt. You go down the list with the other major injuries the Sharks were dealing with, too many to list in terms of minor, major, whatever they may have been, but the team was beat up. The team had been through an unbelievable physical series against Vegas. They had been run around the ice by the avalanche, and then the wheels came off against St. Louis, who was a big, bruising, punishing team. Credit to them. The Sharks lost to the team that went on to win the Stanley Cup. That doesn't make you feel any better about the situation, but you know you lost to the best, and I think that's a pretty good measuring stick. Then. With that hangover in place, the Sharks lost to Vander Kane for the first couple games of the year. Eric Carlson was out because he had just had a baby. The team did not get off on the right foot. They were not comfortable. It ever looked like they got themselves in a hole early. They dug themselves out of it in the month of November. 
No denying that. They did a really good job to put themselves right back into the hunt, but then things just didn't click at that point. You felt like once they had gotten themselves out of that hole, that things might be a little bit more naturally happening to play at the level that we expected of them. It didn't happen. And Pete DeBoer was out. You make the change at head coach. Boogie comes in. And he implemented some good stuff that right off the bat gave some more rest to Martin Jones, which was much needed because since he had come to the Sharks, no goal goalie had played more games than he had over that time span. So he was needed rest. He got more from Aaron Dell at the time. And listen, Dell's no longer with the Sharks, but he got to do some good things for his career, get more of a look at him. You saw that little bit of a rest start to work things out. You saw the team make some steps in the right direction, and you saw them implementing more of the young players. Nice development for Mario Ferraro, for instance. But then the injuries just hit, and they hit hard. When you have Hurdle and Couture and Eric Carlson suffering long-standing injury that kept them off the ice for a long time, it was just too much. It was just too much. And so you, you turn the page, you look on from what we saw last year, and we look at this year, a year that it's impossible not to make those parallels to what we saw that, that happened the last year after they missed the playoffs. They made themselves a harder team and they got themselves into a Stanley Cup final. Now, I'm not saying those expectations should be the same that we expect them to get into the Stanley Cup final, but I'm sorry, I do have a hard time with this narrative being written that the Sharks are done, that their window is closed. I look at the talent that's here. I look... At Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Evander Kane. I mean, I'm sorry, those are all high quality players. I didn't even mention Timo Meyer. I didn't even mention Ryan Donato. I didn't even mention Mark Edward Vlasic. Those are quality, high caliber players. Okay. And so this idea that the Sharks are just over and done with, I don't buy it. They've had to do some restructuring. This is not a team that has any interest in quote-unquote rebuilding, not while you have all these pieces in place. And I think that the time off has allowed some of those young talents to put some weight on, to get stronger, to learn a little bit more about themselves and their game. And I think that we can have some fun this year. I think that we can truly see a team develop before our eyes. And you, when you combine development with veteran players that are of a high caliber, suddenly you get that youthful exuberance combined with guys that know how to get it done in the NHL. And that can very quickly turn into a very dangerous NHL team. My expectations after last year are relatively low. I'm not, again, going to say, oh, well, the last time they missed, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So let's just expect that again. No, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. I do believe, though, that this team is capable of getting into the playoffs. You look at this Western, you look at the NHL Honda West division. I got to give Honda their plug. Yes, we look at the Blues, we look at the Avs, and we look at the Knights, and we say those are the one, two, three teams. But anything and everything can change with injury. Ask the Sharks a year ago, right? Anything and everything can change with injury, A. And B, this is a compressed season. Guys are having different training camps. Things are not the same as they would normally be. You don't know if guys are going to be in as good a shape as they wanted to be in. It's all part of the questions that we are asking, and we are hopefully going to have answered over the next 56 games. But yes, we know on paper that the Avs, that the Knights, that the Blues are 1, 2, and 3 in this division. But then you look at what the Sharks and the Wild and the Coyotes on paper are in that next tier, 
And then the SoCal teams and the Ducks and the Kings, that's your next level of teams. So eight teams, three tiers, and the Sharks, I think, are going to be vying for that fourth spot at least and maybe even higher. Vegas has not had the same experience as a team that all these other teams have had. They're new. And I know that you say, well, Ted, they're comprised of, you know, veterans in the NHL and they know how to do Yeah, I know. But it's, it's listen, the team has a short history. The Avalanche have a slew of expectations upon them. Pressure is on them that they've never felt before. The Blues, it all went awry for them in the playoffs last year. Jordan Bennington was not the same magical keeper that he was a year before. You combine that with the loss of their captain to Vegas, by the way, which is an incredible subplot for this West Division. But they have a slew of expectations upon them as well. And this allows the Sharks, who have less expectations, to just be kind of free and easy and get better as the year goes on. So last year, worst case scenario, no doubt about it. This year, you have an opportunity to surprise, to impress, improve, and get better. Because let the top dogs eat each other, right? Let them go to war. You get better. You get smoother. You get more in sync. You become a more dangerous team. That is my paradigm for the Sharks in this Western Division in 2021. All right, let's get into some sound. One of the biggest factors for the Sharks this year is the health of Eric Carlson. Bob Bugner has been saying he's seen a little bit more skip, a little bit more flash, that he's been dominant in some of these scrimmages. Let's hear it from the man himself. I was saying that was nice of him to say. I don't know. I'm happy that, uh, you know, the real thing is starting on Thursday. I think that last couple of days, everybody's been kind of excited for uh, things to get moving here. And it uh, has been, you know, feeling good in camp, I think, uh, after, you know, being absent for uh, 10 months or so. Um, so it's nice to feel that, uh, you know, everything is working the way that, uh, you know, you're hoping it would. He continued on that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm in a good spot uh, body-wise right now. As I said, you know, uh, we had a long break, so you didn't really know what to expect when, uh, you know, you were put alongside, you know, your teammates and, and you're trying to go, you know, full speed again. But I think the, the two weeks that have transpired here, it feels good. Uh, it feels like I'm in a good spot uh, physically and mentally. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited to uh, start playing some hockey again. So we'll take a little bit day by day, but, you know, try and keep this, uh, you know, for as long as possible. Yeah, we know there are going to be bumps and bruises along the way, but the idea of him being 100% healthy and ready to go, it should put a little bit of fear into the rest of the NHL because Eric Carlson at the top of his game and healthy, one of the most dangerous and impactful players in recent memory. Now let's hear from the captain. He was asked if he considers the Sharks up there with the Avs and the Blues and the Knights. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't, then we'd, we'd have problems. Uh, um, you know, if you can't see yourself making the playoffs, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So <clears throat> I think that uh, we have a team here that's going to, going to make the playoffs and, uh, you know, that, that's the goal every year. Our, our goal in San Jose is to make the playoffs and, and see what we can do from there. Once you get in, anything can happen. So there's a belief in the room and in this organization that uh, we play the way that we're capable of. We'll be there at the end of the year. And that's exactly what you want to hear Logan Couture say. You want to hear him say that he believes they are right up there with the best in this division. Now, the expectation is not that right now. Let's start seeing what these teams actually turn into. Paper is not the same 
as actual play. More from Cooch on what he's seen so far in camp. I think it's been great. I think the pace today was was the best been. Um, the first game was a little sloppy, but I mean, I think that's to be expected. It was our first, or a lot of guys' first five-on-five five action in nine, ten months. Um, you know, there's still summer hockey habits uh, for everyone, but we have uh, a couple more scrimmages coming up. We've got a bunch more skates to uh, to get ready. I think I don't even know what the date is right now. I think we're we're probably at about nine days before our first game. So uh, this this next week, I think the pace is going to quick uh, pick up and um, guys are going to get more dialed in. Now, one of the big changes for the Sharks this year is no more Joe Thornton, no more Jumbo. He is in Toronto. And when I see him wearing that Toronto sweater, it's odd. I'll put it that way. Uh, but Brent Burns was asked about the absence of Jumbo. I thought he had some good thoughts to share. Yeah, I don't know. I FaceTimed him this morning at the rink, so I see. I still saw him today. Yeah, I mean, I, I no, I can't lie about it. I think somebody asked me a question before about it. It sucks. I mean, he was one of my closest buddies. Our families were close. He was just, you can't say enough about him. I, I know I, I read an article somebody wrote the other day about little stories about him. I mean, everybody has 100 stories about that guy and how incredible of a human he was, how incredible a teammate. You know, that's from everybody, from the guy working on the aisles to to the trainers to just everybody that's been around him. He's just a special guy and special teammate. And yeah, it sucks to, to not have that energy and that laughter around the, around the room. Now, in terms of Brent Burns, uh, Bob Bugner had made some illusions that he'd been battling some injuries last year. He was a little bit coy when he was asked about that. Uh, but the understanding right now is that he is good to go and uh, feels good. So you know, we're excited to see Brent Burns after what we know was not his greatest year as a Shark. So I think if he's back and healthy, that Brent Burns is going to be part of the bounce back that the Sharks experience. Another big factor is the health of Tomas Hurdle. He had this to say about his recovery, his knees, putting on some more some more muscle. Here is uh, here's the Ninja Hurdle. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I hope so. I'm ready. You know, it's already like 11 months, so... You know, I did a lot of work and, and I, now I'm ready to play and, and you know, the knees felt great. You know, I have no really issue with that and hopefully I stay like that all season and I can be again healthy for a full season and uh, I'm just looking forward, you know, but you never know what can happen. But right now I'm, you know, 100% ready for for, uh, for games and and hopefully I can prove it again. You know, I can be most one of the most important guys for the team, but... The knee, knee is, you know, actually great. Actually, I get even bigger size legs now because I try my suits. I can even fit on these. So hopefully I did. Hopefully I get some extra, you know, muscles on my body too after, you know, almost a year. So guys sound ready. They sound like they're in a good space mentally. They sound healthy. So this just gets us that much more excited. All right, we are going to take a break, but on the other side, we're going to get in more to the Coyotes, a little bit more big picture about what this team is. Plus, we'll get some of your takes on this upcoming season from social media. That's coming up next here on Morning Tide. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. 
Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Doobie, when he came here, he was terrific for us uh, when he first came here from uh, uh, Phoenix years ago and really got us into the playoffs and really did well. He's had a last couple of years haven't been great. And last year was a tough year. His wife had some medical problems. And I think that weighed on his mind as well. But you've got a goaltender certainly has proven himself in the past. And I think he'll help your, your cause. Uh, a great deal. I mean, uh, goaltending, the, the problem in our, in our game, I should say the problem, but if you don't have goaltending, you're not going to win too many hockey games. Mm-hmm. And if your goaltender's bad, you're not going to win any hockey game. Doobie wasn't quite as good last year. Hopefully he'll rebound for you guys this year, but not in, in a real good way, but because uh, you're in our division. But at the same time, I think he'll give him a little bit more. That's Tom Reed, Radio Color commentator for the Minnesota Wild, talking about one of the newest members of the San Jose Sharks, Devin Dubnik. And if he can turn into a great A1 option for the Sharks that allows Martin Jones to rest more or vice versa, if both these guys are technically number ones out there, that improves everything about the Sharks. Here's more from Reed talking about another new member of the San Jose Sharks that came from the wild, 25-year-old Ryan Donato. When you, when you have young players that are able to jump up, like Ryan Donato, and he, he can score goals. There's mm-hmm. no question. He's got some offensive ability to him. He's a little bit a little bit soft, and when I say that, he gets knocked off the puck a little bit easier. But hopefully with maturity, that will, that will uh, make him a better player and give him a little more drive as well. Great chat there with, again, Tom Reed, Radio Color Commentator of the Minnesota Wild, giving us a little information about Doobie and Ryan Donato, two of the newest members of the San Jose Sharks, who we're going to see Donato tonight. I don't think we're going to see Dubnik tonight, but we're going to see him eventually, sooner rather than later. So it's exciting to see some of these new guys that are on the Sharks. Now, let's get into this first opponent for the Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes. For more on this team big picture, let's hear from TV play-by-play man for the Coyotes, Matt McConnell. Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta, in my, in my mind, they're probably top three, top four as a tandem in the entire league. Darcy Kemper is, a, is I think, is a Vezina candidate uh, each and every year. He's, he's really developed as a, as a good starting goaltender. He's had some health issues. Ranta the same. You know, the Coyotes have battled that a little bit. But goaltending will be solid. Yeah, in front of the net, they're good. And overall, their D is excellent. They were a top five team in terms of goals against at five on five last year. And when you look at their blue line, familiar faces are back. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson is the anchor. He's the team captain. He'll play 23, 24 minutes a game, I would imagine. Uh, you've got a former Shark in Jason Demers, who mm-hmm. has been very good paired with OEL in the past. You've got a Stanley Cup champion in Nick Jalmerson, a multi-Stanley Cup champion. And they've got some other kids that they're trying to work in. But the weakness is that they don't have a lot of offense. And I used that word calculus before, and I'm going to go back to it one more time because I think when Bill Armstrong was putting this roster together, number one, he wanted to get tougher and he wanted to get bigger. And he has done that in in the bottom six of the forward group. But the other thing that he wanted to do was, and part of that calculus is the young guys, Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, Connor Garland, Nick Schmaltz, all of these players are expected to kind of make that next jump. You know what I mean? Uh, to go from maybe 15 goals to 20 goals, to go from 45 points to 55 points. So that is going to be, I think, the entire key to the season. They'll be good goal in, in goal. They're going to be good defensively. 
but who's going to score the goals and can that young core make that next step? Again, that was Matt McConnell, TV play-by-play man for the Arizona Coyotes. Really good dude. And if you want to hear more about the Arizona Coyotes or the Minnesota Wild with Tom Reed, you can check out my Honda NHL West Division preview. It's up on the Sharks app. It's on our podcast network. It'll give you a much better idea of what we're getting into here in 2021 in this newly redesigned and redefined division. But I think this is a good starting point for the San Jose Sharks because the Arizona Coyotes, along with the Minnesota Wild, unless we see a significant jump up from expectations for the Kings and the Ducks, the Wild and the Coyotes are going to be the two teams that the Sharks are battling with for that fourth spot. Now, I know you're saying, Ted, why are you just talking about the fourth spot? Because let's just keep our expectations low at first. Let's just shoot for that fourth spot. And if they get higher than that, then it's gravy. And again, I know you're thinking, well, Ted, you're saying that you think they can get back into the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, let's, again, let's just try and let this team grow and be good. And I think, again, this is a good opportunity with this first game against Arizona. They are not world beaters in in my mind. I don't think they're world beaters in anyone else's, and that's no shot against them. Because, again, I'm not saying the Sharks are world beaters either. But the Sharks will have a good opportunity to go against a good defensive team to see if they can work on some of the things that we've heard them talking about in the preseason. One of those things is the power play, and that's a frustration. I mean, first off, without all of us in the stands, how are they going to know when to shoot on the power play? Oh, yeah, I went there. I more importantly mean the Sharks to a point of frustration for some. There was a little bit too much cycling on the power play, a little bit too much hesitation. One of the things that Bob Bugner has talked about is that he wants to attack the power play with speed. He wants to get the attack going very, very quickly. So that's something that I want to be watching for because how does the power play do against one of the better defensive units and against some of the better goalies in the NHL? How do they do against a team that's identity is going to be stopping the puck? And also, if you look at it for Martin Jones, who we expect is going to be going tonight, he is going to be able to get that confidence going. It's not the best offensive unit we've ever seen. That's fine. But that might be what Martin Jones needs right off the bat to get a little bit of momentum going, to feel like he can make those stops, to feel like he can put forth the sort of effort that he's expecting of himself. That's one of the things that I think has been so difficult for Martin Jones. And I think, again, a lot of it's been due to fatigue is he has not performed to the level that I think he knows he's capable of playing at. And I think that considering how good we all know he can be, that's got to be a sense of extreme frustration. Now, combine that with the fact that you do have Devin Dubik here here now with the Sharks, and that gives him the motivation of saying, hey, if I'm not up to snuff, they've got somebody to replace me. That pressure, you can view it as a negative or a positive. It depends on how you view the world. I think Martin Jones is going to view it as a little bit of a of a reason to be that much better or vice versa if Doobie turns out to be the guy they're going to more often than not. But let's look at Martin Jones because that's who we're expecting to go tonight. Just having, A, some confidence to build upon is going to be a good thing, but B, knowing that there's somebody there to potentially take that A role That's also something I think is probably viewed as as a positive. And again, that's just my point of view, but I think that you're hearing this sense of competition for the Sharks, that they are competing with everyone for these jobs, that they're not going to just be handed out. Not that they were before, but they're trying to evaluate younger talent. They're trying to make this work. They want these guys to feel like, all right, 
if you want to earn this time on the ice, if you're a younger guy or if you're in a position that we've considered somewhat of a battle, you're going to have to go out there and do it on game day. You're going to have to show us that you are as good as we potentially think you're capable of being because it doesn't happen right off the bat. It's not like guys just come into the NHL and suddenly arrive and they're amazing. And you're going to say, well, Ted, what about Austin? Yeah, okay. Sometimes, yes, sometimes they start their careers with a four-goal game. That's that's another perspective and another storyline. But sometimes they need that push to be said, yeah, we're going to give you the opportunity to fight for this. Or if we put you in, you better prove that we're making the right decision. To me, this is a steel sharpened steel type scenario, or the strongest steel is forged by the fires of hell, depending on who you ask. But the point is, is these guys are going to be given that opportunity, but they're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to earn that ice time. And I think that's going to go for a lot of the guys on the younger terms of the San Jose Sharks. And it's going to go for the goalies as well. I like that. Make them fight, make them earn it, get that chip on their shoulder, have them with something to prove when they're out there on the ice, because that is the greater paradigm of what we're talking about this year for the San Jose Sharks. They all have something to prove after how bad and how wrong it went in 2019, 2020, before it was cut short by the pandemic. All right, now let's get into some of your takes from social media. Remember, you can get me at Ted Ramey Media. Look for the uh, shaved head dude with the red beard whose dog is giving him a kiss in the profile picture on Twitter. That's the best way to get a hold of me. But I ask people on social media, what were your predictions for the upcoming season like? Who's your team MVP? Who's your newcomer of the year? What's the Sharks' place in the Honda NHL West division? What are the scoring totals for guys like Eric Carlson, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, etc.? So now we get into those answers. At SharkFan up north says his predictions for the San Jose Sharks this year are Martin Jones will shock people at how well they he plays this season, and he predicts that Burns and Carlson will both have a 50-plus point year to carry the team into the playoffs. Cameron, at Not Deep 15 thinks the team MVP will be Hurdle. Newcomer of the year is going to be Leonard. The Sharks will place fifth. The Carlson will have 41 points, Hurdle 48, and Cooch 43. Joshua Ramirez says that he predicts Logan Couture will grow into the role of team captain that'll create a winning culture. He also predicts that Tomas Hurdle scores 37 goals, which is, by the way, a lot in a 56-game season. Maybe he's being extremely optimistic or didn't convert for 56 games. And number three, that uh, Patty Marlowe will pass Gordie Howe for most games played. So yeah, that seems like a lock. Shark Boy at Wayward Waffle 87 thinks the team MVP will be Hurdle, thinks Leonard will be the newcomer of the year, is predicting first in the West. Quinn at the Royal Quinn thinks Eric Carlson will be the team MVP and that he'll be better after having time to recover from injuries. Another vote for Leonard for the newcomer of the year that the Sharks will place fourth or fifth in the division. Carlson will have 43 points, Hurdle 48. And Cooch, 46. Anthony JD thinks that Eric Carlson will be the team MVP, that Leonard will be the newcomer, and he's predicting fourth in the West. A lot of votes for Leonard as newcomer of the year. At Jesse May thinks Hurdle will be the team MVP, Leonard another for the newcomer of the year. She hopes the Sharks will be fifth or better, but she's going to say sixth. She thinks will be better than the Ducks and the Coyotes. 
At Daylaw the One, he says the answer on all questions are Eric Carlson. I, I don't know if he's considered a newcomer because this is his third year with the team, but uh, I like the idea of thinking that Eric Carlson is going to be the Eric Carlson we all know he's capable of being. Sonny at Sonny underscore SF. This is a vote for Hurdle for the MVP. Leonard, newcomer, thinks the Sharks will be fourth in the West, 28, 22, and 6, 62 points. And that Hurdle will have 21 goals, 33 assists, and 54 points. Very specific. I like that, Sonny. Keep it up. And Carmine Capicella thinks that the team MVP will be Hurdle, newcomer Leonard, fourth place in the West. He's got 45 points for Carlson, 57 for Hurdle, 40 for Logan, 22 for Leonard, 14 for Ferraro, 44 for Burns, 20 for Marlowe, 53 for Meyer, 52 for Kane, and... Jones will have 19 wins, a 2.81 goals against average, and a 9.12 save percentage. And you know what I'm going to go with here, guys, to let you know what you can do after tonight's game? On Twitter, at me with a video of your reaction or your question to the game. That way, I can take the audio and put it in to Morning Tide. Say, hey, what's up? This is Carmine in San Francisco. Ted, what did you think of this tonight? Or just give me your take. Give me your hot take. But the most important thing is we want to get you involved here on Morning Tide. Every morning after the games, we're going to be up with new episodes, which means that after every game, you're going to have reactions. You're going to have opinions. You're going to get thoughts, and we can involve them right here into the show. That's such a huge factor of what we're doing here on the Sharks Audio Network. It allows us to have more engagement with you, the fans. And if you have any other ideas, any other things you want me to get into, let me know on social media. I want to listen to you. I want to hear from you. I want to make your season of Sharks hockey as enjoyable as can be. I want to give you this programming so that when you get up in the morning, whether you're taking a shower, whether you're driving to work, whether you're going for a jog, whatever it is, you can turn on your Sharks app or download the podcast and listen to Sharks Talk. All right, that wraps it up for the first morning tide of the 2021 season. We have so much to get into. This is just the start. The Arizona Coyotes, and then things start getting fast and furious. We're going to look back on this first week like it was a million years ago when we're in the middle of April and games are coming literally every other day, it looks like, on the schedule. Guys, we're back. Sharks hockey tonight. I will see you all tomorrow morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.